0: so good to be here and yeah, I'm so glad that we can know a living God who changes us and meets us right where we're at and gives us the chance to, to touch other people's lives too like like through this Christmas offering that we're doing. Um, if I haven't met you yet, my name is Jonathan Hupp and I get to serve as pastor here and so we're, we're going to get into God's word today but before we do that I want to uh, remind you or if, I think most of you probably... No, one of the most beloved movies and, and books of all time is Lord of the Rings. Any Lord of the Rings fans here? Yeah. All right, good. Uh, I think what, one of the things that makes this such a great story is the main character, Frodo. Frodo Baggins. And the thing about Frodo that's so cool is that he's, the story is this epic adventure with good versus evil. You've got... These incredible characters of, of elves and wizards and magical powers and this, this epic story and this grand quest to, you know to, to save the earth, literally, you know, to save middle Earth. And, but the person who it all hinges upon is this simple hobbit named Frodo, this guy who's about yay high and doesn't wear shoes, and his feet are kind of hairy, and you know lives in a little. Carved out hole in or a, you know a hill and likes to eat several meals a day and it 's just very very like unheroic in the sense of what we think of as heroism but there's it 's out of the, his humility there 's this, this this paradox and that 's really we 're in the theme uh, doing a series about paradoxes things in god 's kingdom that seem like they 're contradictory, but in god they 're both true at the same time and Frodo kind of embodies this, like he has, he's heroic, but humble at the same time. He's, he's humble, but yet, at the end of the day, he makes the choice to accept this, this quest that really has sought him out. He wasn't the one that was looking for it, but he was swept up into something bigger than his own life. And although he was, was fearful and, and scared and wasn't sure if he could do it at the beginning... He ended up saying yes, and then all along the way, there were plenty of fears and insecurities that that he encountered and was dealing with. But still, despite all the, the insecurities, there was a greater confidence that, you know, at the end of the day, I am going to do this. I am going to come through. And, you know, that's, I, I think that's one of the reasons we love the story so much, because that's really the kind of life that God has called us to. To be, we're calling it confident humility. To have Humility and confidence at the same time. And oftentimes we think of those as, as being opposites. And some part of that is because we have false definitions. We think of if you've got to have confidence, we think you've got to be arrogant. And we think if you're humble, that means you just beat yourself up all the time and, and can't do anything. And those really aren't, that's not the way that God describes either confidence or humility. And we're going to look at the Christmas story, and I think really... I love the, the, the Christmas story as it unfolds in the Bible, because for so many reasons. Now really, as, as, we, as we celebrated communion and Rob talked about Jesus, the one who humbled himself and became a man, really Jesus is the ultimate embodiment of someone who is, is humble but confident at the same time. And really, the, the, the Christmas story is, is, of course, about Jesus, But it's also about all these other characters in the story, and that's I really enjoy these 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 people too. And we're going to look at the story of Mary, and when when God first called her to have a part in God's plan this morning. And you know, really, Mary embodies this in an incredible way. And sometimes I think, as as non Catholics, we get a little nervous about talking about Mary, but Mary is a great hero of the faith, and there is a reason that God chose her. And there's so much that we have to learn from her. And so. I'm going to just read through this passage, Luke chapter 1, from verse 26 through 55. I'm going to read a decent little section here. And then we're going to talk about, about this confident humility that, that Mary demonstrates and that God wants us to walk in. So Luke chapter 1, verse 26. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth. And it's interesting that this, this city, Nazareth, was a small town was not the place you'd expect something heroic or great to come from. Kind of like Manhattan. I always think about that. And you're sent to a virgin, betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph, of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And we talked a little bit about this last week, but it's interesting And in the people God chose, both Mary and Joseph, were descendants of King David, the greatest king in the history of Israel, and the one through whom God had promised that it's one of your descendants who will be the messiah who will deliver your people and so mary and joseph were part of this this great royal family but it had been hundreds of years and they had lost all the trappings of royalty by this time and they were they were a rather poor family they were both of them from poor backgrounds living in a small town and so there's this this paradox of poor and rich of the royalty but yet simplicity at the same time and, and you know really again that's that's the paradox that God calls us to as well. And it says, The angel came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one. The Lord is with you. You know, that's, that's enough reason to be favored. That God is with you. That's ultimately what it comes down to. Favor is God likes you. And God has chosen you. And God is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the same. And tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. I think that's so interesting that... Here, it's a pretty straightforward greeting. Hey, greetings. favored one, God is with you. Like, okay, that's amazing, but that's pretty easy to understand, logically. But she was, it, it didn't compute with her because that wasn't how she felt about herself. Just like how often how we don't feel about ourselves, right? Like God, like these promises, like God says, I'm with you, I'm for you, I have great things for you. You're like, wait, Are you sure you didn't get the wrong person? Because that's not really how my life feels. That's not how I feel about myself. And so she was wrestling through that. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. So he's announcing to her, Hey, I'm, you're going to conceive, you're going to have a son. He is going to be the promised Messiah. He's going to establish God's kingdom. And this kingdom will go on forever. It will never end. Again, you're like, Mary's like, okay, this is little old me. She's a teenage woman. Engaged to be married, poor background, and then this, this great promise comes to her. In verse 34, Mary said to the angel, how will this be, since I am a virgin? Good question. Another thing, there's no wonder, you know, another reason to be perplexed and confused. How is this going to happen here? And the angel answered her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. And the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son, and this is the sixth month with her who is called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. Let's say that together. Nothing will be impossible with God. Nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, get this, Look at her response. Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. And we're going to come back to this. But the the humble confidence or the confident humility of Mary was that she didn't understand how it all was going to happen. But she trusted God. When God came to her and said, Hey, this is what I got for you. This is what I'm going to do. She said, Okay. Okay. How's it going to be? The answer, God's going to do it. Okay. God's going to do it. May you do it. I'll trust you. You you can work it out. It's not up to me. I'll keep reading here. In those days, Mary arose and went with haste to the hill country, to a town in Judah, and she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted her cousin Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And she exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. And blessed is she who believed, blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. And Mary said, and she, it's basically a song that she spontaneously came, that came forth from her. She said, my soul magnifies the Lord. in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. He has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and his offspring forever. And, you know, there's so much in here, but this truth, this... This confident humility, this humble confidence is in this song that she sings. She says, hey, this is what God does. He takes the proud and he humbles them. And he takes the humble and the poor and he exalts them. He has mercy to those who are humble and who are looking to him. But to the ones who've got it all together, he humbles them. And this is the way God works. This is a a key truth. Is that, and if you're taking notes, we've got a spot for this in the bulletin or in your notes. Write this down. The key truth is that God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. This is how God works. He resists, or is in opposition to those who are proud. God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. This is all through Scripture. Scripture. Um, it's, it's stated in the Old Testament. It's quoted multiple times in the New Testament. In 1 Peter 5, verse 5 and 6, we're, we're told this, Clothe yourselves, all of you, with humility toward one another. For God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may exalt you. Uh, this is this is This kind of encouraging. It's encouraging except for when we're proud, right? It's encouraging except for when we're like, you know, think we got it all together and we're trying to make it happen, then that's not very encouraging because it says God opposes us when we're trusting in our own resources, when we're trusting in our own ability. But it's really so easy that if, you know, kind of, that if we're humble, God gives us grace. He gives us what we need. And that's how God wants us to live, in this, this confident humility. Receiving from Him, out of a place of humility, knowing that we can be confident that He gives us everything we need. And so, like I said, like, that sounds great, but I think we all know that we have stuff inside of us that goes, that, that goes against the grain of how we naturally work a lot of times. Right? Like, we tend, to, we tend to be proud. We tend to put it on our own shoulders. We tend to try to make it work. And so I just want to break it down for us today. Like how, do we, how do we do this? What's the path to living out this truth of, of walking in confident humility and God's favor? And so the first part of this path is just—it's very simple. It's recognizing I need God. It's recognizing that I need a gracious God. I need a God who's, who's gracious. It's seeing my need. You know, this is, I think this is especially hard for men. Uh, those of us who are men, I think we are even more prone towards pride than women. You know, it's, I heard someone say once that a guy, a woman looks in the mirror, and of course women are like a zillion times more good looking than men, right? I mean, that's just an obvious fact of nature. A woman looks in the mirror and she sees the three dozen things that she's not happy with. Like, that aren't quite right, that she wishes were different and that she wants to make a, make a change with. The dude looks in the mirror. He's like, oh yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> you know? The guy, guys are like, know, a lot of us guys, we, we feel like no matter how old we get or how out of shape we get, we think, you know, if I would just like train for 10 days, two weeks, I'd be back in prime condition. <laughs> yeah, I'd be there. You know? That's just kind of how we, we naturally feel about things. There's just an inherent pride in us. But you know that's that's inaccurate and you know this week I just I had a I had a week where I was things were not going well and I I was feeling like I wasn't a Christian really like I was like oh my this is just I had my no desire I was like early part of this week first part I was going through life just not feeling very good about things and really not feeling like I loved God very much and Really not feeling like I wanted to love God very much, and I just felt so fleshly, so. And I was like, I know this isn't right. This feels nasty, but I just couldn't like get out of it. I was like unmotivated. I didn't really want to do what I needed to do. I certainly didn't really want didn't really want to care for people or love people. I was, I, mean, I was going through the motions and trying to do the right thing, but it just was like, ah, oh, this. I, well, man, I feel like I'm not a Christian. And I was kind of just like wrestling in this place and not knowing, like, okay. I was having a hard time getting out of it. And the thing that finally broke it was, I i think it was Wednesday night or Thursday night, I just was like so tired of it. And I just was like, God this is bad. I'm, I'm bad. What's in me is bad. And I can't change it. I need you to change my heart. Like, I don't even want the right things here. I, I can't make myself change. But God, I'm just telling you, I need help. I need you to change me. I got a problem here. And the problem is me. And there's nothing me can do to fix me. And it was, you know, I wasn't like instantaneous, but I kind of like just started reading the Bible and, okay, God, I need you to like renew my mind and help me. But it was more about coming to that place of just saying, God, I have a problem. I got a need here. I need you. And it was in that place, I re- it was like coming back to, oh, yeah, yeah, I know this. This is what Christianity is all about. It's not about me being a good person. It's about me trusting God for his righteousness and his transformation. And, oh, yeah, yeah, I, I like, I forgot about that. I was living life, trying to do this on my own, and that wasn't working. And it was just actually, even though I wasn't like feeling dramatically different, the interchange, just re- just that adjustment. Oh yeah, it's okay because it's not about me. Like I, I, it's about being weak and bringing my need to God and trusting Him and Him, Him taking care of the, uh, taking care of it. And you know, it's amazing. I woke up the next day and things had kind of changed. And whatever was on me just broke. But it was. I, I went through the rest of the week, and it wasn't like everything was perfect. I, you know, in fact, last night I came back from this awesome day of the Spiritual Gifts Activation Seminar. It was powerful, and great things happened. And then I yelled at my kids, like, really bad. <laughs> like, like, the worst in my life. I'm serious. Like, like I, I told Ian about I was like, I wasn't sure if he heard that. I was like, Ian, did you hear me? I, I was wrong. I was sorry. He's like, yeah, Dad, I was upstairs in the shower. And I heard you yell. I was like, okay, that wasn't right. I'm, I'm sorry. And then Reagan and I, I, I you know, I wasn't very gracious. And we had a little thing going on, a little tiff. And it's like, oh, my goodness. Like, I thought I, okay, I'm broken. I got a need. I need God. I need God. And, you know, that's, that's really what this all is about. It's like, man, we need God. We can't do this on our own. Humility, that's what humility really is. It's real, recognizing that we need God. We can't do it by ourselves, and, and we need Him. And so, after we recognize that we need God, that hopefully naturally flows into the next part of this path, which is tr- putting our trust in God. Trusting in God. So it's, it's, you know, if you just stop with, okay, I got a need, I need God, I can't do it, and you just like don't do anything, that doesn't really help very much. But you got to go to a place of actually, okay, I need God, and Lord, I'm going to trust in you. And that's what made Mary so amazing. That's her, sort of the character quality of her, is that when God said, hey, you're going, to, you're going to do this amazing thing. And you know, I want to say this too it's not just we need God because of our, our fleshliness and the stuff I was describing about myself, but we also need God because. The same sort of call that he gives to Mary, where he says, hey, i got a purpose in the world. I want to birth something in you that brings my kingdom into the world, that changes the world around you, that, that carries my presence and carries my purposes into part of the world. That's the same call that he gives to each one of us. And when we hear that, if we really hear it from God, then it's something that's impossible for us. It's like, no, that is, I can't do that. If we hear something from God, then it's something that we can't do. But it's, we gotta, but it's Mary's response was, hey, I can't do that, but Lord, you said you would do it, and so may it be done to me according to your word. May you bring it about. I'm just going to trust you. You make it happen. All right, I'm not going to try to figure this out. I'm not going to try to do anything. I'm just going to believe you, and you can make it happen. And that's what God did. And that's what we have to do is is put our trust in God. And there there are two really common misunderstandings about confidence. At least two. Two that I'm talking about. One is that Christians shouldn't be confident. Right? Isn't there the idea that if you're a Christian, you should just be like, oh, you know, whatever happens, oh, well, it wasn't me, it's God, and oh, I can't do anything, you know, I'm not perfect, just forgiven. we got all these, like, Christian sayings. That is really like you're supposed to have stooped shoulders and walk around. And like, this is what it means to be a Christian. Like, I'm a miserable failure. And glory to God for that. <laughs> you know, that's, that's the idea. That any sort of confidence, oh, you're being proud. You're being arrogant. You know, we, we have this conception that confidence isn't good. And, you know, that's, that's not true. God wants to give us confidence. But it's confidence in Him, not in us. And that's the, the second misconception, is that if we... When we have confidence or we think about confidence, it's self-confidence. It's confidence in us. And that's not where our confidence comes through either. One of the most loved, favorite Bible verses out there is Philippians 4.13 where Paul says, I can do all things through Him who strengthens me. I can do all things. That's confidence right there. Hey, whatever comes my way, I can do it. Whatever life circumstance I'm in, it's not going to be too much. I can handle it. I'm going to have the wherewithal to navigate this and to the great things that God's promised to me, the, the dreams that He has for my life. I can do all those things. But it's not through me, it's through Christ who strengthens me. It's confidence in Him and who He is. And, you know, that's, that's true no matter what our circumstances are. This is true for the, the Syrian refugee who's had everything taken from them, who's got nothing naturally going for them, but through Christ, they can do all things in their life circumstance. And this is true for Donald Trump Jr. And his dad. (laughs) While we're we're at it. While we're on that name. now they They can do all things. But it's not through their wealth or connections or anything else. It's through Christ, who strengthens us. That's the source of confidence. And, you know, a lot of times we, we don't experience God's mercy for the very simple reason that we don't ask. The Bible says, you have not because you ask not. And it's a conscious choice to put our trust in God. Say, God, I, I'm in a place, I I don't know how to handle this, or I can't do what you call me to do, but God, I'm going to trust you right now. I'm going to trust you in this thing, and may you bring it out bringing it about. And that's what he does. And so we've got to recognize we need God. then we've got to put our trust in God. And then the third thing we've got to do is remember we need God. Because God's got this, this conundrum. There's, I think this is probably the hardest thing for God that I know of. And really, nothing's hard for God. But God's, this is a conundrum that God wants to bless people. And so what, often, what happens is that we come to a place of need. And then we get desperate and we cry out to God and we say, God, I need you. And he blesses us. And he comes through for us and we receive his blessing. And then what happens? We forget. And pretty soon, we're like trusting in ourselves again. And we think, I did it. And, like, God wants to bless us, but then when he blesses us, we tend to go down all the wrong paths in our mind. We tend, you know, if you read the Bible, that's the story of human history. That's the story of the history of God's people, is that they were in bad straits, dire straits. They cried out to God, he rescued them. They followed him, he blessed them. And then they forgot where it came from, and they fell away, they forgot. And then they lost the blessing. And then they cry out to God again, and he, he brings them back to what he has for them. And, man, we, we are so prone to wander, prone to forget, prone to, to fall back into self-effort and trusting ourselves and, and our own pride and, and all these things. Um, and so that's why in 1 Corinthians 10.12, Paul writes, and he says, If you think you're standing strong, be careful not to, not to fall. When you think you're standing strong, that's a dangerous place to be. Because as soon as we think, oh, I, now I'm good. I got this. I got this. Yeah. And then that's when we fall flat on our face. God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. And you know the, if the devil can't get us with failure, he tries to get us with success. Success is actually harder to handle than failure. It's harder to walk in humility and trust in God in a place of his blessing and success than it is in a place of need or a place of failure. Now, God wants us to live in a place of his blessing and his success and true success. But the challenge is, is can we remember in that place? I you know I was thinking about this this week. I have a really, part of this, how it works in my life, is I tend to just put things on autopilot. And I've been walking with, with Christ since I was a kid. And so, by the grace of God, I mean, I've sought God, I've learned things, I, I, I've, I've learned a lot of truth, I've seen a lot that God's done in my life, and I realized part of what was going on in my life is I was doing things, but it was just kind of out of what I had already learned in the past, instead of actually trusting God and believing Him in a real way in the present. Just kinda of like trusting on those reservoirs, like, oh I can do this, I can handle this, I got this. And, you know, to a certain degree I could I could manage life at that level. But I couldn't fulfill the promises of God for my life at that level. We we're on autopilot coasting like we can never be coming into these the great promises that God has for our life when we're when we're trusting ourselves. It only happens as we're actively putting our trust in Christ. And so, yeah, Paul is, is one of my heroes, and he's he's a guy who like spread the gospel across the whole known world of his lifetime. He it was incredible. He he wrote like half the New Testament, majority of the books in the New Testament he wrote. He would be a guy that says, Hey, I've got reason to be confident in what I've done. But then he also says things like, Hey, I'm the chief of sinners. He was aware of his own weakness. And his futility. He's said things like, man, the things that I want to do, I don't do. And I'm, I'm in this battle between my flesh and God's promises. And man, what will, who will set me free from the body of this death? Oh yeah, thanks be to God. Thanks be to Christ who leads me in his victory. He, he, he lived in this place. of Yeah, I've seen a lot that God does, but it's, it's in him. It's remembering that apart from him, I can do nothing. I'm just, I'm a chief of sinners. I really am, but I, I need him. Micah 6.8 says this, says, He has told you, O man, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you, but to do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God. I love that last phrase, to walk humbly with your God. Walking humbly, it's, it's not just a one-time thing. But it's an ongoing process of okay, God, this is how I'm going to walk with you. Walking in humility, walking in recognizing I need you, I need a gracious God in my life. And you are that gracious God. And I can approach you confidently, but I'm going to remember that. I'm going to continue to walk humbly with you and see your your promises come through in my life. And you know, that's really God's vision for us as people. Now, can you just imagine? Imagine everyone in this room. Going out into Manhattan, going out into your your life, going out into the, the people you interact with and your your work, your classes, where you're at, and living with this kind of humble confidence. Living with a sense of, man, God has, knowing God has called me to something. He's got great things for me, but I can't do it on my own. But as I trust him, man, I can, I can live with humility and confidence and see him bring his kingdom into the world and and it's, it's not because I deserve that, but God chose me. And today, there's something that God chose me for. There's something He's doing in my life. And just you know, imagine, imagine a thousand people in Manhattan living like this every day. And what a difference we would make. Imagine the, the change in the world. And that's really what God is doing. And He's, he's raising us up as people who are, who are believing Him for the impossible just because He said it. And trusting Him to do it. And you know, I want just, to just ask, is, as, as I close here is like what is, what is God speaking to you? What's the ridiculously impossible thing that He's calling you to? What's your equivalent of, you're a virgin, but you're going to bear a child, and God's going to use him powerfully? What, what is it that God's saying to you? He wants to do in your life. Maybe it's something He wants to do in your family. Maybe it's a place He's calling you to minister. Maybe it's a a business idea. Something God wants to do do in the marketplace. It's leading somewhere. Leading in a place that's beyond your natural ability. Maybe today God's speaking to you and maybe you've never put your trust in Christ. Maybe you've never realized that and what God is after is me coming to the end of myself and turning to Him and trusting in what He did on the cross to make me a new person and give me a new life. Man, this is the time to start. Follow God. Maybe you've, maybe you've been coasting like, like I was doing, like I tend to do. Maybe you've forgotten where your success came from. And God is calling you to remember, to walk confidently with Him, to see that come about. I believe today God is graciously, just like He came to Frodo, just like He came to Mary. He comes to us and He's like, hey, I got something for you. Yeah, you're a hobbit. (laughs) You're a hobbit, but I got something for you. Will you trust me? Will you be humble, but be confident in what I got for you? I'm going to pray for us and let's just bow our heads and. When we for out here. Well, right now, I ask you to to speak, just like you brought the message to Gabriel. Would you speak to our hearts this morning? Would you give us the, the uh, either for the first time or a reminder of the impossible? assignment, the impossible calling, the impossible life you've called us to? Lord, we thank you for that. Lord, would you give us the, the faith? Would you give us the, the confident trust in you? to say, Lord, that's what you want to do. I trust you to do it. God, bring me, bring me to a new place. Bring new things out of my life. Bring me into more. Bring your kingdom through my life. Lord, I trust you for that. And Lord, we look forward to seeing how you do that in our life today, this week, in the years to come. Well, thank you that you bring about your purposes. We trust you for it in Jesus' name.